Welcome to the conversation. Neil is back with us today, and uh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm I'm excited to jump into uh, a number of different things. Uh, you know, you you and I can do everything from uh, retro toys and wrestling to getting into some pretty deep conversations. Now, yeah, I've, I've got a bit of depth for you. You do, you do. You you are you are not one, two, or even seven dimensional, sir. I think you can you can jump into a, a number of different things. But uh, let's let's actually first let's catch up a little bit. You and I spoke last summer. Um, uh, what's uh, what's been going on with you since then? Yeah, I think I was looking back at my diary. It was March, I think, and I had just booked tickets to go and see WWE's Money in the Bank mm -hmm. down in London. Yeah, uh, which was a really good time. Yeah, got a bit of Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, we got to see our friend L.A. Knight, who didn't yeah. win the Money in the Bank contract, and Mr. Cena made an appearance. So, all in all, that was pretty good. Well, and, and so the interesting, a couple of things, actually, with the, uh, with the pay-per-view. One, traditionally, the shows over in the U.K. were glorified house shows, like when they would yeah. do Insurrection and stuff. There wasn't much as far as storylines. Um, but yeah, Money in the Bank was uh, what I remember seeing. The crowd response was was wild, uh, and the show was fantastic. And yeah, the whole thing leading up to that was uh, L.A. Knight better be the the smart fans, not the not the not the marks, but the smart fans <laughs> were thinking he was going to win that contract. But I'll tell you, I mean, I think everything with L.A. Knight, I love that they had him um, in a main event with Roman Reigns, and I I, I feel like he's. Like he's a top guy. He even got the, uh, yeah. the seal of approval from Cena. I'm, I'm digging it, man. I time. feel like, in terms of the main event with Roman Reigns, you can, you kind of get a pass when it's the Saudi shows. Yeah. Um. It's, it's kind of like fantasy booking. Is it part of the main storyline? Does it all count? Technically, yes, but you know, you can just, you can do what you want over there. Whatever the crown prince is happy with. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I will say over the last couple of years, I feel like there's more continuity with the Saudi shows. Whereas, again, they were, they, they were, it was, it was really kind of interesting how they would book those the first few years that they did them. DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, about 15, 20 years after they should have had that match. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So, some but, crazy uh, stuff. But yeah, other than the wrestling, uh, I did a big charity walk in Wales in yeah. the summer, uh, which was, can I swear on this podcast? Say whatever the fuck you want. Go ahead. It was a shit show. Yeah. Um, I think 10, it was a work thing for a charity called the NSPCC, which is the National Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Children. Mm -hmm. uh, great charity. Got a, the name is pretty self-explanatory. Um, and Wales is, I don't know if you know much about Wales, it's probably no bigger than Texas, but it's a whole country, uh, and it's got some of the most amazing rugged terrain, mountains, valleys, you name it, um, yeah. and some of the most horrific weather, and they use it to train the SAS, which are our special forces, and this route was... 
I think it was supposed to be about 24 kilometers, okay. which um, I don't know what that is in miles, uh, 18 miles or so, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but the idea is you go up the mountain, along it, down the other side, hit a checkpoint, turn around, come back. And the SAS challenge is to do it in three hours, 15 minutes with like a 30 pound pack on. Yeah, which we weren't doing that. I think two guys that were with us tried it and just missed the time. But as soon as we got onto the mountain, it just tipped it down. Just yeah. like horrendous weather. And the people organizing it, um, they're trying to call the teams back and uh, they're trying to get people on WhatsApp. Of course, rural Wales, you've got no phone signal, yeah. even on a mountain. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's large parts of America that are the same way. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that was just horrendous how nobody died. And yeah. I, that sounds um, hyperbole, but how nobody Maybe died. Brain, I don't think it does. I think it's a very, I think it's a very honest question because, yeah, that's, it's, that's crazy that that was a charity walk too. Yeah. Charity and it's, it's telling that, I mean, work, they like to, to use, the charity events they do in all their marketing and they have a little end of year slideshow in this, that, and the other. And they've like, they've erased it from history. Like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, it's just gone. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they don't try to bring that one back. Jesus. <laughs> God, man. Um, and you, you've had a bit of a resurgence with, the collectibles and the stuff that you've been posting on social media. Yeah, I think you can see a couple behind me on the wall. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of Fantastic Four, I think. But I've had a bit of an Instagram renaissance, as it were. Yeah. I mean, for anyone that hasn't seen my Instagram, it's plastic figures yeah. of the Marvel variety, mostly. And... I did the whole top nine thing recently with the yeah. what you most liked post this that and the other, and I've discovered that if I buy the figures, if I pose them, if I do anything fancy with them, they don't get the likes. But if you go into a shop and just take a picture of a wall of figures just on the wall, that got like nine hundred likes. So I'm like, the hell am I doing? Why am I even buying them? Just yeah. go into the shop, <laughs> take pictures. So. Okay inspirational um, board or something like that I, I, well and now question i have given with collectibles and we were just talking about wrestling um what about like the wrestling cards i know the, the figures probably have a market but are the cards get anything like um i don't know a lot about cards i've actually got uh this was in my ebay stock uh i don't know if you can see that pro yeah. league something from 91 yeah, yeah. It's a box yeah. of like world cards. I'm going to have to send you some pictures of these because, yeah. uh, well, you know, your football inverted commas better than I do. Yes. But um, so far as the figures go, they it does actually link kind of nicely into the story that I wanted to tell you. Yep. Which is the brand I collect Marvel Legends. They first came out in oh, 2002 yeah. and they went from doing like the 90s action figures with the five points of articulation to 2002 like your modern 
30 points of articulation. I mean, I've still got that first figure. It was a Hulk. with I don't think he's got a head anymore. Yeah. But I ended up buying that in Australia. And that's kind of the story that I won't drag the story on, but it's the story I wanted to tell you of how I yeah. ended up there yeah. and why. And I think, well, I was thinking on the train on the way home today, how do I make this gel? How do I, like, how do I bring it to a point? And I suppose my point really is that, what was I, 19 at the time, I was never the guy that got the girl. Right. It was like, I was the nerd then that I am now, probably. But yeah, I was, I mean, what do you call them? Jocks in high school and you see the films and it's always the football captain getting the girl and da 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 da, da. Yep. I had this, well, I had two sort of preconceptions late teens. The one being that I was always waiting for life to start. It was always like, well, when am I going to be doing things in life? Like, I didn't feel like I'd, I'd kick-started my life at 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was waiting. And there was an event that happened that I'll come back to in a minute yeah. that really did sort of um, a phrase we have over here, put a rocket up your ass. It, it got me to where I needed to be geographically, yeah. I suppose, and in life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other thing was there's this societal pressure, I suppose, that you're supposed to meet the girl, you're supposed to, quote-unquote, get laid, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And if you, you aren't doing that by a certain age and your peers are, yeah, you. I think even now TV, movies, they create this false narrative that – like you're supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to have done it by a certain time, by a certain age. So I was a member of a, a very early internet community. I mean, you you were there, early internet, yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Message boards were the place to be. Yes. And I was on a site called paranormal.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and a ton of friends through that and, you know, Back then, it was a massive novelty to to meet people from around the world. Like now, it's just oh, let's do a podcast. Daryl's yeah. over here. I'm over here. Yeah. We didn't even have webcams back then. No, we didn't. It's crazy times. You were writing letters, sending packages, uh, text messages cost ten cents a text. Way more if you were doing them international. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So. I got talking to a girl from Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, we we got on really well. We we were talking all the time, texting back and forth. Uh, MSN Messenger yes. that was the place to be. Yes. Um, and that was probably over the course of about a year. And that being somebody that I say isn't wasn't necessarily super confident in person, mm -hmm. having that mask of the internet that screen to hide behind it mm -hmm. let me get across me mm -hmm. without the pitfalls of somebody going oh well he's this he's that 
it was a confidence builder. Um, and it even got to the point where I think one time she called me, but she called me for about six hours, and the phone bill they got was in the hundreds. Oh, I'm sure. But I I felt a connection with this person, and I was very much like, oh, well, I'll come over and see you one day. Uh, she, Our good friend Rachel um, has given you a bit of geographical knowledge of Australia. Yes. You've got... Uh, You've got Sydney way over on the right. You've mm -hmm. got Melbourne down the bottom there. And then yeah. the sort of country cousin of those is Perth, which is way out on the left. Yeah. It's the, the California to Sydney's yeah. Florida. Yeah. And, yeah, she was out in Perth. Um, and I would say, yeah, I'll go and see you. I'll come down one day. It was very pie in the sky. Yeah. I mean – I never really thought it had happened. And the thing that gave me the jolt into life, it's its not even a particularly, well, it's not a pleasant thing. Mum got cancer. Yeah. Um, and she was really lucky in that she had a scan for a, um, what's it called, a gallbladder stone. And I don't know if they can now, but back then there was no early detection for ovarian cancer. So pure chance that they spotted the cancer on the scan, hysterectomy, blam, blam, blam. Mum was fine yeah. well, after a lot of recovery and all the rest of it. But mm. that entire event, I would have been about 20. In fact, it was my 20th birthday when it was going on. Mm -hmm. And it just something clicked in my head that life is too short so I looked up the prices. Uh, I spoke to her and said, look, I'm going to come down and whatever and just hang out. Or Because she was into me. I was into her. It was yeah. stupid pie in the sky. I keep using that phrase. It was true, though. Un yeah. Unrealistic stuff. But yeah. it didn't matter because it's somebody I'd connected with. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? What is stopping me? Um, and back then, I think it was about. 800 pounds for the flight but because yeah. i wasn't having to pay accommodation they were like sure come and stay with us uh, mm -hmm. and vacation over here from work you get a standard five six weeks which i think that you guys might get better wages but we seem to get a lot more time off yeah so I, I said to work look i'm doing this kind of book I think I put like three, three and a half weeks off. Mm -hmm. And I flew out there on my own, which was stupid. Why anybody let me? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I had never flown before that either. So this was going back to the Saudis. Uh, I flew with um, Emirates, which is the Saudi airline. Uh, mm -hmm. Stopped off at Dubai. Uh, stopped off at Indonesia. It was like three sets of eight hours to get there. Yeah. And, yeah, so far as never having flown before, the stuff they lavish on you, the food, the drink, yeah. I thought that's what flying was like. <laughs> Little did I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've learned since then. Not the case. Right. Um. So, yeah, I got there. Uh, she... 
bear in mind we hadn't done the whole webcam thing we'd seen pictures and photos and that uh she'd shaved her head not long before i'd gone for i think she messed mm. up her hair with color or whatever yeah. so she'd got very short hair probably about the length mine is now mm-hmm. and weighed a bit more than she did in her pictures but i didn't care that was yeah. just maybe it was episode zero of catfish i don't know <laughs> so when i got there they these people were we would call them chavs in australia they call them bogans i'm trying to think of the the american word trailer park folk maybe uh she lived with her aunt and uncle that weren't her aunt and uncle two of these kids just running around the house uh chopper the ex-boyfriend who lived in the shed which was more of a metal garage thing yeah and this it was just like dream world to me in terms of can this get any weirder and even your phone back then didn't have proper connectivity so i had to go and visit like internet cafes to check back home and buy phone cards and stuff yes 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 but i i was into the idea i was like okay i've met you you seem nice um i don't know quite how I'd romanticized the situation in my head that it was going to go great. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, it never was. It was never going to go that way. Um, she had booked us. They've got a little island just off the coast called Rotnest Island. Mm-hmm. Um, got these little kind of beaver bear things called quokkas, one to look up. So we went to this island. She'd booked us a couple of nights in the hotel. Da, 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 all lovely. Um and we basically just got trashed at the beach bar and it became apparent fairly early on that she just wasn't into me and that was it was kind of a real turning point for me because i'm like okay i'm here for another three weeks i'm out here other side of the world on my own as it were um so i i went out and i I used their house like a base and I just went out and I did my own thing. Um, I, most of the time I wasn't even speaking to her. Yeah. Like it, it was cordial. Um, I was living in the house. It had to be, but yeah. it was the biggest kind of force pushing me forwards to, to just do my own thing. And I think I've always said that, in a way, I was born there because yeah. the me I am now got created there. I, I went back to work and they were like, who the hell are you? Because I, I'd found myself. Yeah. And it took a risk, maybe even a mistake, in order to, to find who I was. Which sounds corny, but... No, no, it, it doesn't. And it actually leads to a few questions where I think we can go deeper on this. You mentioned mistake. There, there's nothing about this that sounds like a mistake. I mean, it was an experience that, like you said, didn't go the way that... I didn't <laughs> die. Thought. That, that, that's true. So I, I think the fact that you actually survived the trip, which it's interesting, the first time <laughs> the, when you meet somebody online, that's the first thing I think people think about is, uh, are they are they a serial killer? Like, what's what's going on? Like, when you get to that point yeah. where it's like, oh, this is this is for real. 
Uh, if no, if we had more time, there's there's so many mini stories within that. Her oh, brother, yeah. the baseball bat, the the mail order drugs, mail order telephone <laughs> order drugs. They, the brother was just something yeah. else. But yeah. another story for another time. You're already playing the seed for that third episode that we're going to do now, man. I mean, any, anytime we can dive into this, I'm I'm down for it. But I mean, it, do you think? I mean, you mentioned that, yes, you were there for three weeks. You might as well make the best of the situation. Do you think part of this was that there were so many extremes going on? I mean, your mom had just was going through the, the cancer treatment. You are just you're, – you're, you're so far away from home. You have this, this meeting where, I mean, you had what you thought was just this, this amazing connection. And then when you yeah. met in person, it just it, – it, it fell flat. Do you think all that stuff together was so extreme? You're kind of like, well, this is like, I'm seeing who I am now as a person because I've had to let go of literally everything I thought heading into this trip. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the the famous phrase, forged in fire. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get it, get into the fire, things get hot. You, you A, the metal becomes hardened, mm -hmm. but you see what you're made of. Mm -hmm. And I think in that situation, I had, there was nowhere sort of backwards to go. I was there on my own. People that, you know, I, I wasn't really connecting with. Mm -hmm. So the only way was forwards. Mm -hmm. And I, I gave myself that. I mean, which is not dissimilar to the first podcast we did. I titled it what was it keep getting back up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that was the original getting up as it yeah. were it's not yeah. i've got here this sucks it's knocked me down and the probably the the definition of getting back up in that case was not only getting on with it whilst i was there i didn't learn from my mistake did i next year that was uh, that was summer 2002. So yeah. come Easter 2003, uh, I'd got chatting to somebody else. This time it was a lovely Bosnian lady, and she lived in Austria. Okay. And I thought, right, surely this, I, was, I seemed to be going through the countries, Australia, Austria, Bosnia, just alphabetically. Um. I went off and met her. Now, Austria is only about a four-hour flight. Okay. So a lot closer to home. Um, and that meeting went a lot better. Yeah. And I, I call it the summer of love because I went out there, I think, between the April and the September, something like five times. Oh, okay. And just used all my holiday up. Um we went to see Iron Maiden together, uh, rollerblading on the banks of the Danube, went and saw the second Matrix film. You name it, we did it. And I was finally living the kind of, yeah, the dream that I'd, I'd been looking for the first time. Um, and it's, I mean, we've all seen the films and it's a beautiful place, it's a beautiful city. It's got that classic central european gothic architecture cathedrals you name it 
And yeah, so I finally thought to myself, oh, I've got the goal. And I think I sent you, I might let you tell this bit, but I sent you a screenshot, I think it was, of a medical condition the mm. other day. Mm-hmm. And this particular medical condition kind of killed that relationship because yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to let you. You're, you're going to let me talk about it? I'll um, just gonna let you, you brief that bit. Yeah. I mean, basically what it, well, what it was is there was a medical condition where like the vaginal wall was, was tightened up. Like, I mean, you, you guys yeah. it really impacted sex. Like, could you even have sex with it? Well, no, that it just never happened. Yeah. And it, this condition, she went saw a GP about it and it apparently comes from stress and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she had, I mean, my thoughts are, that she had trauma. She'd lived through the Bosnian war back in 91, yeah. 92. Yeah. Um, some of the stories she told me about like water fire and schools blowing sure. up and just yeah, I'm sure. unimaginable stuff. Um, I, I do wonder if there was anything to do with that, but long story short, it, it was like the the death knell to that relationship, which it shouldn't have been. And it right. wasn't me that made that decision. But she felt that if that part of it wasn't going to work, there was no future in it. Which is, I, I think, kind of the interesting thing there is that if she's the one that said, hey, if, if we're not able to do this, then there's no point. Because you hear, and this is the, I think the big thing with the internet now is I think there's there's way too many people being loud on one side or the other, and everything is contextual in between. But one thing you hear people say now, or you know, some camps like, oh, you don't want to be friend zoned. You don't want to be friend zoned. I think it's interesting that for her, it was like she was either going to have this full on relationship with you that included sex, or she wasn't like she wasn't willing to have anything lesser with you. Which I think, in one hand, if you look at it, is is a bit of a compliment. I would say. Yeah, I mean, we we had a great thing going on, and it was only, I think, the, the last couple of times I went because I was running out of holiday. They ended up being long weekends. Yeah. And it was kind of hyper focused on that stuff because yeah. she she'd gotten in her own head about it. Mm-hmm. So. But it was still growth for me. I'd I'd gone out there. Um, I'd met, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I even learned a bit of German along the way. Yeah. yeah. And considering that, well, eighteen months before, I hadn't even done the whole Australia thing. Yeah. I was building myself, as it were. Um, I don't know, layer by layer. Um. And the the third act of this, Neil doesn't get the goal. Spoiler, act three, he doesn't get the goal. I met somebody in Scotland, which, why can I not just meet somebody? Yeah. I asked myself at the time, why can I not meet somebody in my own goddamn country? Yeah. (laughs) Now, Scotland, infinitely closer. It where she was was probably 400 miles yeah so you you're looking like i don't know 
driving from the bottom of New York State to the top, maybe, to get there. But um, I like to get everywhere by train. Train used to take five, six hours. Um, And I think she, she was more of a rebound thing than anything else. It was, I remember early on, almost use, trying to prove a point to the Austrian girl. It's like, look, you've ditched me, but look at me. I've moved on. Right, right. And, you know, I probably went up there uh, over the course of two years, maybe 20 times. So okay. as often as I could, she would come down to me, this kind of thing. Um and she lived the town. Have you heard of the poet uh, Robbie Burns? Mm, they no. have Burns Night and a oh, famous Scottish poet. Yeah. Um, beautiful, picturesque little seaside town. Um, her mother didn't like me. And the reason her mother didn't like me, I wasn't Christian enough for her daughter. <laughs> so. Yeah. And. By this point, I think I had gotten used to the idea that nothing goes smoothly. Okay. And her ethos was, because at this point I was still trying to, to put it bluntly, to get laid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was my quest. Um, the problem this time, she was an everything but girl. Because mm. the Bible says no sex before marriage, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fine. If you've got mm-hmm. those beliefs, then great. But her loophole was anything else is fine, just not that. Not that. Yes, yeah. doing inverted air commas. So, yeah, again, that was that was a learning experience because she was somebody who she was conflicted. She yeah. wanted. She wanted that, but she also was very serious about her relationship with God. I mean, she sang in the church choir, that kind of. So there were very much two sides to her. And I think she did some damage to me in that you could be fine with her of an evening. I mean, this is before WhatsApp. So, you you know, you were texting back and forth for the most part. Mm-hmm. Those were the days, two thousand four, mm-hmm. five, yep. and you would be fine with her one day, and then you would get a text saying, oh, "I've thought about this in the night. This is not going to work. We're finished." Mm. And then a week later, she would pick you back up, and which, in a way, is a form of abuse, I suppose. Yeah, because you never quite know what's going to happen. It's very hard. Yeah. Very she would famously send very long emails and I would just scan to the end of the email to see how she signed it off. Cause I would know then if I was getting dumped or not. Yeah. How long did that? And so how long did that go where it was kind of hot and cold and like, uh, on, we're off all that stuff. Most of 2004, uh, yeah. 2005. I think the the last time I saw her was actually down in London, she was there to meet another friend of hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we met up as friends because by that point sure. it had been it had been done some I think I saw her at the Christmas and this was like April or something like that. Yeah. 
And we parted ways amicably, but again, didn't get the goal. So I th- I was starting to get real frustrated with yeah. my own personal quest by that point. Yeah. But the amount of growth it gave me in those three, three and a half years, mm-hmm. it, it set me up for life, really, because I learned not to romanticize things, not to sugarcoat my idea of what reality should be, mm-hmm. but to be a bit more grounded. Um, but the, the flip side of that, it didn't stop me taking chances. And not long after that, I did meet somebody and we had a great deal of good years together. Yeah. And, you know, obviously where I'm at now, um, met somebody, uh, we got married uh, last, I say last April, it was the April before. Yeah, twenty-four. So, yeah, you know, I keep thinking last year was twenty-two, and it's not. I can't get my head around twenty-four. Yeah. So yeah. you know, life life is good. Life is peachy now, um, and I think certainly from your Instagram stories, I'd say the same for you. <laughs> life is yeah. looking pretty good. I, you I, have I, never is, looked happier. I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm very trip. And we'll, um, yeah. Oh, I can, and I can, I can talk about Heather all day, every day. So we, we can definitely get in, get into that a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm curious because you, so you, you ended up after these three relationships, you did get the girl. And then we've, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because you mentioned with the last one, a lot of that hot and cold stuff, I think you called it out, which is, it is abuse. And yeah, I think a lot of this, a lot of this stuff that is considered emotional abuse. And I think, you know, when we would talk about it on the surface, we'd be like, eh, they were just acting the way that they were no big deal. But that stuff I think can stick with you. Did that stick with like, were you kind of on edge? Not even just. Um, edge. She was, she was a letter writer. If, if you were in real trouble, you yeah. would get a, a pen and paper in the post stamp letter. Um, and that gave me a phobia of handwritten letters. Yeah. Like, as a genuine, why somebody written to me kind of thing, like yeah. going way beyond her. I mean, nobody, nobody sends letters anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and but it is interesting because I think what you're saying is you, you do have to go through these experiences to learn, one, and two, what I like is you, you never did stop putting yourself out there. And I think that's really, I mean, man, uh, dating now and dating in the relatively last few years, I think you can attest to this. It's uh, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. And, you know, one thing I'll say about Heather is we started talking and we actually decided to meet relatively quickly. And then it was between, it was between that first and second meeting that we really got to know each other a little bit more. Yeah. So, which I think was good on one, I think based on what we're talking about here, like you don't have that overextension romanticizing before you meet somebody because like you're, you're, you're meeting them as a person before you really get into that. Because, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning of the conversation 
the facade and the face of of the internet of like being behind a screen. Yeah. And you mentioned cat catfish 1.0, but I mean, you know, people can, can themselselves however they want. And I think for a lot of, a lot of people, you know, these things can go on for a while. People will, will only, they will let you see what they want you to see. And I think that's everybody. Uh, but yeah, you can get really emotionally invested and then you meet them and you're like, it doesn't add up. So yeah, it's. I think it has been a fantastic tool. Um, the internet, probably more than I would differentiate that from like dating apps and things. Yeah, I've I've never been a swiper, no. as it were. But I would hate to be um, sort of I don't know, sixties, seventies, eighties, our our parents' era of like. I mean, my parents met in a nightclub that kind yeah. of thing which is it just doesn't happen these days no. met down the el rondo <laughs> which i think it, the building's still there i think it's a pool hall now that's but, funny it's amazing it's still there though yeah not not what it was but yeah i ought to ask them really more about that i've i've seen the uh the city films of the yep. wedding and that when my dad's got the long seventies hair and all the rest of it. But my, my dad was much the same way. He had the long seventies hair and he was a bit of a hippie uh, before all that too. I might have to actually get some, some detail from them on that. Um, you know, the other thing that we were going to talk about, cause I posted and I posted this on Instagram yesterday is about the, just the, the, the mental prison, the mind prison, kind of the stuff that we can all create within our head. And I think, honestly, a lot of the experiences that you were talking about that you went through and then the, the, the lady. Just lemonade this time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, but also, you know, you mentioned uh, the, the woman from Bosnia and all the stuff that she experienced. I mean, all of this stuff does stick with us. And then we're all, you know, the entire, without trying to sound too woo-woo, the entire human experience is basically we're all living our own life and it's all based on how we're yeah. perceiving things in our own head. But I mean, it can be, as you mentioned before we started recording, it can be a palace where everything's organized and everything's really structured and you're learning and you're taking chances. And it can be a prison too, where you're living in, you know, people look at, at, at decisions and they, they just leave them under a microscope and they just have a lot of regrets and they have a lot of it. it, it basically are living life scared. Yeah, and you you end up living within your own head, mm-hmm. and I think people end up they don't take the chances, they don't get on the plane, they don't get on the train, they don't go do the thing, meet the person, mm-hmm. and if you've got that preconception that it's already going to fail before it even sets off, then you've already lost the battle. So yeah, you've got to you've got to free yourself from that and just do the thing yeah. as it were. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's so huge, but I, I think in this conversation, yes, you got, you have to put yourself out there and do the thing and you can't, you can't live life backwards. I mean, situations come up, decisions are made. And I think one of the hardest things people have is not taking taking an outcome and putting it on them as a label that they've, that they failed. Cause uh, what you said at the very yeah. beginning here is true. Like life is very short and 
you know, on one hand, you know, cancer is never good. I'm glad that they, they caught it with your mom when they did, but it gave you a perspective on life and how fragile it is at a very early age. Oh, something like that. It, it yeah. puts you on your knees. Yeah. Suddenly believing in a God, whether you do or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's I, funny. What what things well, will uh, bring out of you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, man, and I, we definitely, and I felt this the same way after we recorded the podcast last time, we can do these more frequently. Um, you know, I, I like how you come on with stories from your life and how we tie it into general concepts. I, I think this is super helpful. And, you know, the, the frustration, especially many, that many guys have when they're in their 20s and 30s trying to lead. And this really is something at all stages of life. Um, you know, you, you have certain expectations that you're trying to live up to and you're like, geez, I'm not doing it. Why isn't this yeah. working out for me? But you're using things as a learning experience. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely do it sooner than later. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's, there's a number of things I, I could well get into. Um, yeah. Something that if you've got five minutes now, yeah. I mentioned to you on one of your lives about having um I don't know if I can call it a disability or not, but an, an invisible, uh, yeah. invisible disadvantage, okay. as it were. Yeah. Um, and this, it does loosely tie into the whole where we're at with COVID. Um, yeah. every, what are we doing now? We're on screens. You've got a label that tells me who you are. Now yeah. I've got face blindness, which is, the medical name uh, is prosopagasnia or something like that. Okay. Um, Brad Pitt's got it. Uh, Jennifer Lumley, I think, has got it. For me, I don't recognize people out of context. Uh, you've got a very good pal. Is it Maddie's daddy yeah. or somebody? The, the bodybuilder yeah. dude. Yeah. Just casually scrolling. If I see him, my brain won't differentiate that from you because okay. there's a, a similar head shape sure. um, a similar hair situation going on beard like yeah, yeah. vaguely similar yeah. so i find it's really difficult and people at work they used to think i was ignorant um in the days before everything being teams and zoom and all the rest of right. it i would walk past them in the street and just like yeah like they there's no recognition. I I mean, I don't see my aunt from yeah. one five-year period to the next. I would not recognize her in the street. I can yeah. visualize in my head vaguely what she looks like. Mm -hmm. But um, that's why on the previous podcast we talked about when I got the job in London. Mm -hmm. And the team down there were fantastic because everybody had a characteristic. You mm. had the, you, the 20 stone large black dude you had a tall skinny south african black dude uh the one muslim guy uh the one asian woman um yeah. asian when i say asian asian to us is indian pakistani and that whereas yeah. asian to you guys is chinese but uh you had the skinny white guy you had the fat white guy everybody had a characteristic mm -hmm. so like i could recognize them and Without that, I'm a bit screwed, which is yeah. teams and Zoom have made my life bliss because everybody, 
all of the time has a name label now. Yeah, and, and it had to be really hard because when you're saying, when you're talking about something that isn't visible, and you mentioned how when you would talk to people at, at your job and they probably did think you were ignorant or something was off, it's like, geez. Oh, I used to get called out. It's like, I saw you at lunch. You blanked me. It's like some John Cena, you can't see me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I would. And yeah. It, context was a big part of it like if you weren't in the context of oh there's you in the office whatever wearing office attire um if you're on a day off and i spot you in the street you look different you're not in the place i expect you to be and i don't think it's particularly gotten worse over time but i'm horrendous to watch films with uh, yeah. there's a film have you got Google to hand? Uh, there's a film called The Tourist. I managed to watch this film and not recognize the two main actors or actor, actress that are in it. And I'm just watching for your face now for the recognition of just how famous these two people are. Let's see. So we got The Tourist, 2010. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, let's see. Two rather famous people. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. So feel free to name yeah. them. But Angelina I, Jolie and Johnny Depp. Okay. I got you. did not recognize either of them. Yeah. And like, if Johnny Depp is Captain Jack Sparrow, he's got identifiers for me. He's got the hat, the beard. The, he's Captain yeah. Jack Sparrow. I'm like, okay, I know that's Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. But if you put him in something like that, or, hell, if you take his beard off him, cut his hair, whatever. Yeah. And I, I was the butt of the jokes with my friend group, friendship group. Yeah. We'd go and see films, and they'd just be like, "Do you know who that is?" Yeah, it's yeah. like no. <laughs> and it's in a way, it's great because I can immerse myself in films in yeah. a way that other people can't. Because I, I'm not watching Johnny Depp, seeing Johnny Depp, and thinking, "Oh, he was in court the other week, cracking wise." <laughs> So, but say you've got like a Donald Trump, I'll always recognize Donald Trump because he's got very distinctive hair. He's yeah. orange. Um, hell, he'll be wearing orange soon if he's not careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. It's so, true. Another one. Now, I, one when you're watching, so it's interesting. So, when you're watching movies, I mean, you're immersed in the characters, then it's not about the people playing them. I mean, you, you actually have an advantage of like you're not seeing brad pitt playing a character you're seeing the character and really learning more about yeah. them and you're not okay no that's i think that's interesting and i do think the entire thing of yeah when you have something you know anything that anything that makes you different than what is considered uh, my first call out of the quotes here in the podcast normal um you have to figure out ways to to really kind of adapt and maybe find an advantage. And I can totally see where zoom helps you with that work wise. Oh, it's, it's um, yeah. Well, and I mean, so that's, that's the funny thing for me is, you know, I, if I'm, you know, with, with the physical disability, like if I walk into a room, um, I, my, I, some people will look at me automatically. My IQ has been cut in half just by what they see, but if you see me on camera and I'm articulating the way yeah. that I am, it's, and that I'll tell you that for me took a while to get used to 
because what I used to always watch was people's eyes when they would see me. Yeah. So if I go out in public a lot of times, and I'll still see it, people will look at me either with with normally pity. Pity is one. Sometimes curiosity. Sometimes concern. But like yeah. when people will um, – you know, see me online, the, the facial expressions are completely different. And it took me, it, it actually took me a while to get used to that. So no, I, I, I understand the stuff that you're talking about there. And it's, yeah. You, you actually put, it might even have been yesterday, possibly the day before you put out a really interesting quote, uh, that the, was it the voice doesn't always match the body? Oh yeah. Or yeah. People are surprised that the, the voice doesn't match the body when they see me in public. Which is, you you would think people would get past that. They they you know what they they don't and I'll tell you it's and I think I even said this in my caption because I I don't the fortunate thing for me is I've got a number of different things that I can talk about and that I can do so I don't talk about the disability stuff as much but I saw that trend on TikTok and I was like I can probably come up with about three to four. Uh, you know, talking points that people with disabilities, physical disabilities are going to find very, uh, very relatable. And yeah. I mean, people, it's, it's just really weird. Cause like I'm one time I was waiting in the line to get a prescription and somebody was just like, um, you know, so do you, what's, what's, what's going on with you? Do you have, um, do you have Parkinson's? I'm like, no. And then they keep guessing. Like, it's like, I'm not like it's a game. Yeah. I'm like I came here. It's like I I came here to get my to get my medicine. Like that's that's all I'm here for. So like, but you know, and, and it really depends. Like there there are times when I look at it as because you'll get. I mean, my entire life I've had adults looking at me, and I've had kids ask questions out of curiosity. And yeah, which is know, is a different slant on it. It, if it is genuinely or. And I've I've never been rude to a kid, but it, it always it seems like a lot of times this one of us. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of well because there's there's a whole other conception around the rude disabled person, and that's why like I'll see I'll see some of these disability advocates online and they want to be super snarky and it's like you're really not like you're not helping your case. I I understand you know they feel the way that they do. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it it all it does seem like a lot of times that those comments come up uh, at the worst possible time. But I mean, there's other times where, like, even regardless of the situation, you look at it and you're like, and it sounds kind of cliche and corny, this might be the first actual real life interaction that somebody's had with a disabled person. So, you know, you can you can kind of put their mind at ease, or you can answer some questions. You know, by the same token, yeah. But I mean, sometimes you don't want to be the you don't want to be the case study for education. But you know, it's all good. No, absolutely. And I think, in a way, I can take us full circle with that with a question. Yes. We talked at the start about uh, the internet and being behind uh -huh. a screen and having that uh -huh. shield. Uh -huh. When you met Heather, hi Heather, if you ever listen to this. Um, did you find that having the internet and being online, it helped you? If you'd have met in a bar, she might have had this preconception or that preconception. I, I don't know her, so I can't can't really so, say. But did it make it easier it, being it behind did, the screen? It did because I was able to I, – I was able to talk to her before bringing that up. And then I was able to kind of control – 
you know, the way that that was brought up. Yes. Control the narrative. If we were, yeah, control the narrative on like, you know, kind of set the narrative up because like if we were in a bar, one, my confidence level would not be what it was when she and I started talking. And two, I mean, yeah, I don't think she, I, I mean, she would probably say now she'd be like, oh yeah, I would totally pick you out. But at the time I would have been like, this woman is not picking me out of, out of everybody at okay. a bar. So, which is to some degree, that's just like human nature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I you know, I, I will definitely, and the thing I will wrap up on my relationship with Heather, dude, I, I freaking, I hit the jackpot. That's, that's, that's my whole thing there. But again, you see that cause you see the stuff that we put out and yeah, I've, I've seen the road trip clips. Yeah. You are king of the road. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's, we're doing the distance thing too, but in, in retrospect to what you're talking about, we are probably about that 400 kilometers distance from each other. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take, you know, like we're able to make it work. Um, there are a lot of times where, you know, uh, mother nature has been a pain in the ass. We've had two hurricanes that we've had to deal with. We've had some yeah. in the last year and we've had some other stuff, but I mean, nah, man, I mean, you know, the internet is an interesting thing and this is something we can probably pick up with on the, on the next episode because um, again, people can tell you what they want. And kind of the big thing that we do is, you know that we're with with each other, but you don't know like we don't put our our details out there. Which I oh think yeah, I'm I'm yeah. very much the same in that way that yeah, you know, you know what I put out there, and in in terms of my Instagram, it's very little me and yeah. plastic people because that is that's what I'm comfortable putting across. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, everything from old work colleagues to just people that I'm no longer friends with, but I keep them around so I know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> talking to you, Alex. Yeah. Alex could be a whole podcast in his own right. Yeah, that, That's my next goddamn episode, the saga of uh, Autistic Alex, okay. <laughs> as I'd call him. But, um, yeah, I'm glad it's working out for you. And in terms of distance, you – Americans are a different beast when it comes to just getting in a car and driving for like 15 hours. If I drove for 15 hours, I'd be in Berlin. But <laughs> for you guys, it's just, you know, you're the way, yeah. a tenth of the way across the country. Heck, if I drove for an hour and a half, I'd be in Wales. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, that's the travel options here. Flying, like, Flying's an option. Yeah, it's just it's been priced out on so many things. But I mean, that's actually Heather and I. When we can find the discount flights, we make the flights work too. So, well, I'll tell you what. The next conversation we'll get into Alex. If you think we can do an entire episode on Alex, we'll we'll do that next time. We might have to rename him, but he is the the original case study, shall we say, in a strange human being. Um a case study in how not to treat other human beings. Well, join us next time when we talk about Alex, but not Alex. So we'll come up with a name, but no, man, this, this has been good. We'll wrap up here. Uh, if you guys aren't connected with Neil and, and checking out his uh, figures on Instagram, I've got his, his uh, Instagram bio linked up in the show notes, but man, this is, this is good. We'll go ahead. And uh, after we stop recording here, we'll get that next call booked and take it from there. 
Sound good? It sounds good to me. Thank you very All much. Right. All right. Sounds good.